It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to BGN Radio. Now, we had this guy on today named Brandon Lee Gowton. Now, who the hell is he? Can you, tell, Martin, can you tell me who this is? He writes for Bleeding Green Nation. Now, is Bleeding Green Nation something that people read? I thought Brandon Lee Gowton was an actor. I was a country singer. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Oh, what's going on? Bleeding Green Nation. We are, well, not live because we're recording this, obviously, but we've made it to episode number 182, which... You know, we're getting pretty close to 200, and we're going to hit 200 during the season. I can't wait for that to happen. Uh, but we are recording live as the silly oxymoron gets passed around quite often uh, from the WIP studio. First time we're excited for that. The the howling, beautiful, clean-shaven <laughs> James Elter. Finally, we are in person. He is to my right. What's going on, buddy? This is awesome, man. I've waited a long time to uh, crack a WIP mic, as it were, so... Uh, <laughs> It's good. I'm excited, though, the 200 show. I'm hoping it's something like the 100th where we just spend an hour, you know, congratulating and self-flagellating all over ourselves. And we just turned so. into thank you. It was great. It's like, like, oh, we're minutes. the best. All right, guys, we did much, it. Pretty much going to tell us. episodes. <laughs> pretty much going to tell the same stories, too. It's going to be good. I don't care. Be like the campfire. You yeah, know, everybody wants yeah. to hear. Everybody it, wants to hear Grandpa John talk about way back when. Yeah, yes, yes, that is true. Get off my lawn, John. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, and uh, just a reminder, speaking of that, the reason why we're getting to 200 is because of all of your support out there. So whether you are listening right now on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, from your mom's bathroom, as I like to say, five-star reviews go a hell of a long way. So we really appreciate all the support you've been giving us throughout the uh, years. Also, 
just brand new, as we announced, is all the vlogs, not just us, announced that the Liberty Podcast app is available and live on the iTunes and on the Google Play Store. So what that is, it's not just BGN Radio in one spot. It's not just Crossing Broad in one spot. It's the whole kit and caboodle. So you get us, you get Crossing Streams. Also, our good friends Jim Adair and Max Rappaport have just started for Crossing Broad, the Step Over Pod, which is all about the Sixers. They join our buddies over at Philly Voice, the Philly Mag, and Liberty Ballers. That's Rich Hoffman, that's uh, Derek Bodner, and, of course, Kyle Newbeck for the Sixers beat that's there. The Sons of Penn crew, Stephen Bill, and the gang do a, f- a fantastic job of covering the Flyers. They're a part of it as well. You have uh, Glenn McNow doing his bar talk. It is all in one place. That is what the app does. So it's it's right there. And, of course, our good friend, who I can finally say, if you've heard for the past two weeks, has done a phenomenal job, John Stolness and the Felsky Files. Seriously, like, it is the most underappreciated Phillies podcast on the planet. Baseball podcast. Yes. Let's just go. Ba- most but, but, under, well, yeah, maybe the man, most well, underappreciated maybe. podcast period. Of all time, maybe. John is we'll the man. That. You know I'm a baseball nut. Of course. And John knows more about baseball than anyone I know. I mean, it's it's terrific stuff i went on as a guest i was lucky enough to go on the one time and uh john's the man yeah and he has uh not only our uh, beautiful shining voices on there but he talks to everybody all the national guys all the local beat writers he does a, a, a just a, such a great job it's why we brought him on to bgn radio and it's why all these podcasts are going to be in one spot so we know how annoying it can be to you know go and subscribe and it's not for the the savvy people that are out there i understand that but if you know somebody it's like hey man i i am searching and dying for Philly's podcast, what do you recommend? Now it's just in one spot, and you can do it individually. You can listen to them all in the stream while you are going to work or you're at work. It's a, it's a fantastic idea that we have tried to push forward because we just think it's necessary in this day and age to have a bunch of cool podcasts all wrapped up together. But you're not tuning in for that. You are tuning in because this is James. I mean, we're going to get to the game for itself because – it is definitely the most important one of the preseason. It's the dress rehearsal. It is somewhat game planning, as Frank Reich has already said. I don't know if Jim Schwartz is going to do some of the same stuff. I don't know if the Colts are going to do some of the same stuff, but uh, we'll be previewing that um, uh, throughout this episode. But first thing is first here, Jason. Jason Lock and Four, which, by the way, seems like he's a lot more buddy-buddy with Howie Roseman nowadays because I think it went from, well, he can't. Nobody will work for Howie Roseman. When he hired Chip Kelly, so that must have obviously been Banner ch- chiming in his <laughs> ear when there was stuff that was going back and forth because it sounded like they were trying to get it. But now they look like they've reconciled. It's because getting scoops now, Johnny. Because apparently the Eagles, according to Jason Lock and Four, are not done trading folks or trading for folks. What do you make of this? Uh, interesting is what it is. And uh, not just done trading, but Lock and Ford doubled down literally and said he doesn't just expect them to make one trade, but expects multiple trades. He said he would put the over under two, essentially. So, uh, look, man, we know how he likes to wheel and deal. It wouldn't be shocking. We saw the Dora Green Beckham trade, obviously. Uh, you know, I don't remember if it was Lock and Ford who said this or not, but someone implied that how he could be going after former high picks who haven't worked out in their current situations a.k.a. DGB, yeah. um, and I like that mentality. I, I have no problem with that. Look, if someone was taken high enough, if they have talent, uh, maybe they do need to change the scenery. Um, but either way, uh, my my thing goes back to more that, that it, my constant problem is, is that it doesn't necessarily always feel like the, the focus is on the future. It feels like the focus is on winning games this season, and 
you know, I just don't see that happening, at least yeah. enough where it matters. Yeah, because there, I mean, that that would be, you know, you'd have to implement somebody either on your offense or defensive side of the ball and get them ready for four week one. I think that, I don't know. Look, yeah, I, I think we want to. Yeah, go ahead. Real quick, let, let's just uh, uh, any trades he's making likely, and we'll get into some potential, you know, far fetched scenarios maybe. But they're not breaking the bank. They're not like completely changing the the shape of this roster with any trades made a week or two before the season. Well, what can they? What can they trade? That's what I'm wondering. They, I mean, well, granted, he did trade Dennis Kelly, so I guess you know. <laughs> I don't that, know. Yeah, nobody expected Stephen that. Stefan Wisniewski. I don't know, I, but. Well, you said players that didn't work out, so that eliminates Taylor Hart for Earl Thomas, which is oh, the first thing no, that pops in my man. head. For like a half a second, I said, <laughs> what if he just does the unthinkable and would go, and says, okay, all right, let's trade Sam. Two weeks, two weeks before the season, actually. Get out, Sammy. Three weeks before the season. So I don't, I don't expect anything no. like that to happen either. But you could see some surprises. I mean, this is where, and look, it's, it's tailing right back into when we talk about every single freaking year. And, it, and, and I know we had said this on a couple of podcasts Go, Josh Brown or Josh Brown. Listen to me, Josh. Josh Gordon. Brown in the news. Well, Josh as Brown well. is in, sure. he's on the he's on my mind too because maybe I'll say something about that later on. Yeah, I think the we should get podcast. into that as well. But uh, there is Josh Gordon keeps coming up, and uh, whether it is, I don't know if they're doing it. I don't know if Cleveland's spinning it out there to drum up business or not. But that's you know, ESPN article obviously came out this week as well saying. Yeah, they're taking offers, and I think that's just more of a signal to somebody to say, "Yahoo, we're ready. We are ready to trade Josh Gordon," which again should give you pause. Which gave me pause when Tennessee be, and they were willing to let him go. But hey, the Tennessee Titans are dumb too, and we don't know what's exactly going to happen. And I didn't really get, and not that I want to re get into that again, but. Uh, I will just say and echo some of the things that have been said in the past couple of weeks where I'm not ready to fully commit uh, not only to him as a person and the remorsefulness and et cetera, et cetera. I want to see if he's a good guy first. So, again, I'll be approaching that if we comes up later on in the show strictly from a football basis, but full well knowing that I am thinking about that constantly, uh, much like Jalen Mills and all those other guys that are out there. So, uh, But Josh Gordon, I, I don't know. You know, like I, I always come back to – I, I always start out this thing with, I wouldn't give up anything for him. Then somebody convinces me, well, what about a seventh-round pick? I mean, that's not much there. Sure. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, you would have to that, – that's a fine gamble to take. But people are bringing up – and the Shore Parks brought this up. thought it was an interesting question. Rather lopsided. Nelson Aguilar, straight up for Josh Gordon. Would you do it? Personally, and it's funny because you mentioned this before – my initial reaction was no, which, which I, I'm guessing the vast majority of our listening audience is going to say, yes, absolutely do it immediately because we have seen and Josh. they did. I think it yeah, was like 80%. It made very clear that Josh Gordon, we've seen this guy be one of the best receivers in football, uh, and Nelson Aguilar, a big disappointment. But uh, obviously, first of all, Aguilar, you know I've said many a time that I'm not willing to write this guy off after one rough season. It's amazing how many people are, it's um, this and, and look, a first-round pick, I know it doesn't mean it has to work out, but he was talented enough to not be a reach there. Everyone agreed that was a solid pick there. Uh, was apparently ready for the NFL. That was kind of the, the selling he was, point, right? Yeah, he was he's, Mr. He's Pro literally Jer- Jeremy Ste- Macklin, as you can go Steps right to. in. Yeah, they, he is Jeremy <laughs> Macklin. Like, not, you know, people were saying, can he be Jeremy Macklin immediately? Which At, at by Patrick Wall, his pin tweet, literally, it says that the NFL graphic. It's hilarious. It makes me laugh every time. Yeah, and so I, I think that, you know, especially a season where he started out injured, didn't was behind, you know, schedule to begin with, which with Chip Kelly, we've seen was more important than with other coaches. With Chip, if you missed time, he really made it seem like you were way far behind. 
Um, and, and then I think coming in, it was just tough to get up to speed. And, and it, look, that offense was a disaster all season long. Are we really going to write off a kid just based off of one awful all-around season, especially his first season? So, um, And then, look, the Gordon thing, he's on the cusp of a, a season-long suspension. The next time he does something stupid— it was a guy who was off from football for a year and kept doing stupid things, and the yeah. story kept yeah. coming out. So, look, from a talent perspective, absolutely. But and and if this team were competing this year, I would maybe look at it differently. But uh, for me, I'm looking at the future. I'm looking at when. So I'm looking at when this thing really gets going. And could Josh Gordon be a piece of that if he's here? Sure. But I think it's more likely that between whether it's off the field stuff, whether it's this, whether it's that. I think that Aguilar is actually a safer bet, as crazy as that sounds. And I would tend to agree with that because I wouldn't. I, I know it sounds silly, and everybody's like, "Oh, you're an idiot." Of course, I would take Josh Gordon's, Gordon's talent over yes. Nelson. Aguilar. But again, you don't. Same argument too is like, well, you could say that Nelson Aguilar is the safer bet, but he could end up being a bust, and then you have none either. So you might as well go for the higher sure. upside guy. And I understand that too. But and this is. And just kind of off this topic, this is why I had Josh Brown on the mind, is because you look at a guy like Josh Gordon, and I understand it, it. you can get into a large large political form about this too, and it's the NFL and it's illegal, and I get it. But this son of a bitch just smokes weed. <laughs> you know how many guys fucking smoke weed football? Oh, my God. Almost everybody. Yeah. And Josh Brown, a punter, who kicks the shit out of his wife. A kicker, which kicks, you know, works either way. One game. Yeah, and, and not just One that. One game, and, and, we're, we're, and it's the substance, of, and it's more about can you control, can you be a good decision maker? I understand it. We have the argument every single time. It's the same thing that we talked about Randy Gregory for a long time and blah, blah, blah. But Josh Gordon can play football and he smokes weed. Yeah, he probably, probably, I don't know, he probably drinks too much too. But, sure. and, you know, he's hanging out with Johnny Manziel and enabling him. I'm sure he's not the role model that we're all there for. But seriously, like, <laughs> what are we talking about here? With the, it just blows my mind every time in the NFL that, like, we oh, well, he smokes weed, so he's automatically, that's a character concern. You well, know? it's really interesting, especially, <laughs> it, it's really interesting, especially because um, when you look at I totally just got screwed up. Take the time. Spike just came up and gave me the finger. Oh, nice. So that's no. That's you know, leave that in. Leave Let's that leave in. Leave it in. Don't okay. edit it out. Spike okay. Gaskin, our new boss, uh, just gave us gave, the gave us the finger, and it was great. It was it was <laughs> threw it was James a, off. Beautiful. So it totally it. threw me off there. I got to be better about you know. Like so on it. The first time I'm ever He's on a WIP already. microphone, my boss gives me the finger. Awesome. You gotta I love, love that. this guy. Um, no, but getting back, my my issue back with the first of all the the Josh Brown thing is is outrageous. When that story comes out. And, and, you know, 20 times, whatever it is. And look, innocent till proven guilty, all that kind of stuff. But the fact that they obviously had enough evidence yeah, on him. It's pretty much already out there. Exactly. Yeah. To, to suspend him for one game, it's like, that's it? That's what you do? Yeah. But regardless, my issue with the Josh Gordon thing, and the weed thing is a, is a, is a ridiculous thing at this point. Yeah. I mean, we see these guys like Eugene Monroe and Ricky Williams comes out all the time and talks about it. And Larry Tunsil smoking through a freaking, like, Yeah, and also, on, no, but, and, and, and we well, won't get political, won't, whatever, know, but, but no, but uh, look, is it any better that they can take painkillers and Percocets and no. this and that? Exactly. That's my point. And that, you, I'm sure, because you're That's a big Bill Simmons fan, you saw that whole thing. That's why I saw the thing, and he's he dead right. If he didn't get suspended, he'd be a Hall of Famer, and I kind of tend to agree with him. I agree like, with yeah, him as yeah. well. And, yeah. and and when they're using it to help their bodies, when these people are 
slamming into each other at, at in, like we all know that fit, football is not something that humans should be doing at this speed i mean really <laughs> yeah, exactly. at the speeds that's we've got all kinds of real issues with concussions and all that concussion exactly us. so you know Thank what you, will smith yes you know what if they want to get a little high afterwards because it helps their body and helps them feel better who gives a shit seriously but and that's uh, what actually real quick that's what ricky williamson said he's like i start i tried an entire year to not take yep. whatever the hell that they were force feeding them and and that's what I mean. It's just kind of this. I know we're getting off topic here, but the, it, it's it's, interesting. It, it's it's crazy to me, like how things are acceptable in NFL locker rooms that are clearly more harmful for your body, and they crack down so hard on marijuana. It's going to be legal in ten years, folks. Like yeah, we're, we're going to be back in this, and it's. I was just in Colorado, you know. John. Guess what? <laughs> it's fucking legal. Okay, um, but but back to Josh Gordon to, to bring it back around and and uh, see. And it's funny you bring up the weed thing because I yeah. agree. I clearly don't have a problem with him smoking weed. My problem, but he's with not going to stop. Uh, my problem was him being a moron, and it's against the rules. It's, so it, therefore, it's just, yes, if you've already got the suspension, I mean, when you're already in trouble, look, if you mess up, everyone makes mistakes. If you have already made that first mistake, you have. To be more careful, and people who aren't, I'm sorry you come off to me as an idiot, and, and I don't want you on my team because I can't trust you. Right. I can't rely on you. Lane Johnson, I can't rely on you. Speaking of which, because we, and, and that's it. Well, here's what I'll say about that. Because I, I think people that want to say, let's trade for Josh Gordon, is that's the easy way out. And it's the easy way out for the coaching staff, too. It's the easy way out uh, uh for the the wide receiver coaches that are there because you can go, yeah, that's a lot easier. Why develop Nelson Aguilar? Why try in a second year to do that? Let somebody else deal with it. I have a proven talent here. That's the easy way out. And there's no guarantee on top of it. I, and I whether and Benetton is probably going to kill us, but oh my god, yes, uh, I'm gonna, I'm also gonna say no to Josh Gordon. Like I, there's no, there's no good. This is what I keep coming back to with a lot of this. I'm sure people are sick of hearing it. Josh Gordon to me, if you trade for him, is another win now move. Exactly, it's another thing that you're exactly. not looking for it in the long term. And look, but if you want to cut bait and say I don't think Nelson Aguilar is going to be the guy. Fine, you can take that gamble. I probably won't be too upset about it. But in the long run, if he ends up on the Browns, and then you have him and Terrell Pryor and Corey Coleman, God damn, does that sound like a good wide receiver? <laughs> yeah. Still, even with even with Josh Gordon not being there, and you, that's something that you could possibly kind of regret. Now, I understand the excitement part because we want to be excited this year. Josh Gordon's exciting, and there's no denying that because he can. Do all the things that he does. Go on the field. Run, get two hundred twenty-one. He's a on a he, team that has zero offensive difference makers. He is a legitimate difference. He maker. is a stud. He is Julio Jones. He is all of that. He is all of that. I don't think he's worth the risk because he's he's just not going to be here, no matter what. Like he eventually, he's just not going to be the guy. Speaking of win now, this, I can't believe we haven't gotten into this yet. We probably should have let off with this. But we haven't talked about the fact that Stephen Tullock, the truest eagle, has finally landed in <laughs> Philadelphia. So we got to maybe change well, our John, T-shirts. People could have heard you talk about it if they tuned in to hear you on the midday show well, with, with Mr. Grace, which Ike is a lot of fun. That was awesome, and uh, you know it's it's exciting. Man. By the way, we'll be on. Uh, I'll be on Thursday night. 10, a, uh, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. We can get a You're little fired up. Damn right you will. Damn right. We'll be at uh, WIP Studios coming up, man. Th- this show is going to be on WIP. Yeah, it's going to sound really nice. Really nice. <laughs> think we're, uh, by the way, I think we're going shooting for week one. I think that's going to be the launch date. Uh, so 6 to 8 p.m. on Saturdays, 94 WIP. Obviously, we'll have it up on the blog, Bleeding Green Nation, BJNRadio.com, all that stuff. But Stephen Tullock, again, is one of those 
I, and I and I said it then too on the, with on the Mike and I show. I don't know who the hell's in control here, <laughs> you know, because Steve, it just seems to me like they are giving Jim Schwartz the full go. Whatever he needs, they're going to give it to him. And there's not a lot of that. I at least I think by by Doug Peterson's press conference and him expressing those things, that's more the offensive side of the ball. That's Howie and Jeff. Defensive side of the ball. That's Jim Schwartz. So it's and you know you start to think about these things like well you know and that's a, that's a whole different conversation we can have later on the road and, and figure out who's evaluating what talent and whatever. But for now, and I know Les Bowen disagrees with this, but Stephen Tolick is not playing special teams. He is not taking over Joe Walker's position. It's outrageous. Yes, it's just so it's stupid. Like, like what are you guys talking about? He's most was I think fifteen percent of the special team snaps. Thank you, Mister BLG, for posting that. But. uh yeah, I, I mean, like he's not playing special teams, folks. He didn't. He didn't wait out of training camp to sign a three million dollar exactly. deal to play special teams. He's going to be in there on first or second down. Yeah, and and you know what? In just in ter- look again, I, we have a very similar feel on this move in that we are both we don't we don't really get it in the sense of of it's a, a win now move, and that seems unnecessary to me. But regardless, if you do make the move. You have to start him. It's ridiculous to bring this guy in here, have him be a backup and not contribute on special teams. It's a waste of a roster spot. If you did try and put him on special teams, it's going to make your special teams units. See, I mean, it's a real uh, uh, issue if he's on yeah. special teams. And we're coming from, and granted, we didn't like a lot of things Chip did, but that dude knew what to do with special teams. We're coming from having some great special teams action in the last couple of years, and you put Steven Tulloch out there, it's you know, again, it's only a, a, the less, least important third of the game, but we've seen what a good special teams unit can do. Yeah, and there's just and, – and everybody has jumped on the this makes the hot seat for Michael Kendricks that much hotter. This kind of puts a message out to everybody just like, you know, just like on the offensive side of the ball where they keep signing wide receivers and they're looking for other guys that can come in here and do things. It's the same type of feel. So a lot of people have been speculating. You know, like, do you throw Jordan Hicks out on the will? Which a lot of people think that he would fit really well there. I just, I still don't see that. I think you're you're lessening the value of him being a middle linebacker because he's very smart. He can do, he can cover, he can come downhill, mm-hmm. he can do all the things that Stephen Tulloch can't. Stephen Tulloch, here's here's what he can do right now: a gap, b gap. <laughs> that's it. That is it. You are there for goal line. You are there for definite running plays, and that's it. I mean, he is. I. I. I don't know. I mean, I want to say he's probably on the same level as D'Amico Ryan's as far as like wear and tear. And obviously, he's got a, a little something left. And you know, some of those comments that like Jim Schwartz is making between the two guys. I mean, honestly, if it was a Hustler magazine, and you remember all those like penned letters to Hustler, like <laughs> it would just be like because literally they followed each other. Where I mean, except for Buffalo, these guys have been together. And Jim was only there for one year, so yeah, who knows yeah. if he had stayed, maybe yeah, he yeah, found maybe a way to get him there. there. Hey, come on, come on over. Uh, so you know, uh, it's just it's just kind of an it's uh, they need the depth, and I don't know how, exactly how it's going to work out. I don't think it's necessarily a bad move no. either. I just it, to me, it's confusing. I don't know where it fits, and I don't understand the philosophy of the Eagles team. Yeah, and hey, a step further. Uh, we got a chance to speak with Dave Burkett and asked him about Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press, probably the. Go-to yeah, Lions reporter, the, I would say. Shout um, out to Jeff Risden, by the way. I'm, not, I'm just the only guy in Detroit. Tim Twentyman. Like. That's right. Um, but uh, Burkett said that Tulloch is not like a coach kind of guy. He's not 
Like, don't expect Tulloch to come in here and be Jim Schwartz's coach in the locker room. Like, that's not the type of guy Tulloch is. He's not a bad dude, he said, but he's not the type of guy who's going to come in and be Chase Daniel, so to speak. And I, I think a lot of people are counting on that from this move. And I agree. I don't think it's a bad move by any means. It's it's money. It doesn't matter. It's a, it's a one-year deal. It's not hindering you or hurting you too much. Obviously, if he's on special teams, it could hurt. But yeah, it's one, it's one, it's year, one year, regardless it's of one how year. we and, feel And about also it. a year that, in reality, is not really a, a huge, meaningful year comparatively, uh, at least when you but look. But don't tell that to Jeffrey Lord. Yeah, but that's the problem, man. And, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. and it's so funny, too, because you talked about like the, the just the general lack of excitement. And, and, and the last year where Chip, you know, I mean, we were we were jacked to head into last season. I mean, that was Super Bowl. Oh, talk. yeah, yeah. And and to go from that to this very quickly and for the Eagles to not acknowledge it is, is frustrating because you, you're you looking at this team and, and you don't understand what they're doing. You don't understand the plan. And, and it felt like there was a plan in the offseason. And then all of a sudden, it, it one move after another just feels to kind of bat heads against each other. And I think and for as much as we might want to criticize that, I think it's okay to try and figure things out too and make some moves and and, and do these type of things. So like with DGB coming in here, yeah, let's figure it out. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not really risking anything. You're not really risking anything with Tulloch either. Let's see if this can work. Mm-hmm. Let's see if Jordan Hicks can Very play. Very little well. downside but, yeah, here. Yeah, because there's I mean like what? Oh, darn, you you find out that Jordan Hicks can't play Will or Strong Sider. Or or Kendricks can uh, you know I mean that's what I'm saying like you're not going to pay Kendricks to be a 16 million dollar nickel linebacker it's just not you know I, at least I don't think so unless Jim Shorts is like God I hate this guy <laughs> please get I just can't do anything with him I hate blitzing please just I don't I don't care uh, but we'll we'll have to wait and see it, it's 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 interesting it makes us talk about it so that's something good right I mean yeah, just look, just look. from that I mean at least they're at least they're on the positive side the silver lining side they're trying different things out. They're going to see if this thing works. And if Tulloch magically has, you know, some of that juice left in there, it's not that – I mean, he was a fantastic linebacker. Yeah, no, he was had great. a great – He was very instinctual. He hits guys he's so He's had a hard. great career. No, yeah. no question. And, and look, um, as much as we talk about the fact that this is kind of a lost year, we're not going to go every Sunday and, and not want this team to win and not yeah, be exactly. pumped up and rooting for this team. Absolutely. You want the best product out on the field that you can get. It's just, you know, situationally, it, you can't expect too much from this team, and thus some of the moves aren't going to get you. Look, if this team were, were bringing in Steven Tulloch and they're a contender, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Here, let's, let's do, do this, this thing. Yeah. But the problem is, is just the move is less exciting than it, than it should have been because of the situation of the team right now. Yeah, and the, uh, yeah, you're right. If he lands in Denver, the, I'm sure they're a, a little bit excited. Or in Seattle. They're probably a little bit excited to do all that stuff. So we'll have to kind of see how that works out. Before we get anything else, I just want to mention about a good sponsor, Clip It. It is the hottest app that is out there and is the most essential thing that you need for football season. It is live television in the palm of your hand. It's an app that allows you to watch, clip, share anywhere, whether that's on your Twitter timeline, on Facebook. And if you're a blogger, it is so essential to enhance your posts because you can put them and embed them Right in there. If there was a certain play you saw, you can capture it as it happens, or you can go all the way back to two hours and grab it there. It's uh, up to 30 seconds HD quality. I see all these people with the awful freaking quality of the holding up the cell phone to the computer screen or the TV screen or to whatever that they're kind of filming there. It takes it right out of your hands. It is there in quality HD footage. Clip it. Go check them out at Clip It TV on Twitter and Clip It.tv. App Store 
and for uh, Google Play and Android. For this all-important game, the most important for me, you know, you could say you could say the most important game in the Doug Peterson era. There it is. How about that? It's the most dangerous <laughs> game, uh, and that's where we. I I think to me, James, when I'm going in Saturday night, it's the Colts. You get to say to the the greatest Eagle that ever played. I'm not talking about Trent Cole. I'm talking about Frank Gore. Of course. And, and, and also the greatest Eagles executive ever, Ryan Griggs. We can wave to him and everything. It's amazing. Hello. Hello, Ryan. Uh, and there is a part of me that is just really going to concentrate on the wide receiving court because that's the biggest job that's up in the air. You still don't have, you really don't have to see what uh, Jordan Matthews is going to be doing because he's going to be out. But, you know, and, well, I guess Kendrick's too because the, the two things that – are putting heat on this Eagles team is Stephen Tulloch, as we just said, and DGB on Nelson Aguilar. I think I think that's that's basically what you're going to see from these two guys. What is Kendricks going to do in this defense? And we've all said, hey, you know, this is this is where he's going to be at his best in this in this four three scheme. Going to be able to be that fifth pass rusher when you need him to be there and really hit the whole heart and be you know the lateral movement and all that stuff in a wide nine. I'm very curious to see how this works out because. Just the way we were talking where Jim Schwartz is describing all those things, I have my doubts on whether he really is a good fit or not. I have my doubts on DGB because as much as I want to say that he's the second coming and this is going to be Chris Carter, and I and I really hope that happens, Routree is very limited. He's a 6'5", guys. He's really tall, 6'5", 6'6". Green Beckham? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, I don't, he's maybe like 6'4", but he's a tall kid. And he's fast, and he's got very fast straight line speed, but as we're yeah, talking physically, about Physically, he's physic, all, you, all you can great, ever want. But athletically, it's not, I mean, he's not really there. People jump out to that comparison where it's, you know, Calvin Johnson. I, we heard that a lot through the draft process. but I, And I hate to mention his name. Uh, cover your ears, Matt Deering, but he's closer to... Kelvin Benjamin than he is really. Oh, significantly. He's just a faster I mean, that, version of, of that. Well, that's the thing about Calvin Johnson is obviously probably the most physically he's imposing. A freak, man. Yes, he's a but freak. also was a perfect route runner. Yes. And like it was a, was a dedicated to his craft. You know, he was a real like DGB is is lazy with his route running. He's lazy with his preparation. At least up till this point, we hope that changes. We hope some coach can get something out of him, whether it's Dougie P or or Reich or whatever it is, or or, or you know wide receiver, you know, the, the point is you're hoping to get something out of this guy, but at the same time, you know, it, it's silly to compare him to that type of, of player because he's he's never shown anything close to that. Like, just because he's physically imposing does not mean that he's a good wide receiver. Right, and and your rotary and your speed is going to be, I mean, like all those things, it's going to be limited, and it, it really is, because there, there's no, it, because we are so used to seeing guys like that and Andre Johnson was one of those guys who was in his prime was really good route runner all that stuff but rarely do you have that tall of a wide receiver can run that fast that it that can also run really really clean routes like, like it's, it's Calvin it's, Johnson it's it's, it's yeah it's, <laughs> it's nearly impossible it. to do for you know, like those Julio guys. Jones like the point is there are not many guys who could do that right and there are you know and this is, and I would even say all right I'll even say that he could be a lighter version of Plaxico but I guess a lighter version of Plaxico would <laughs> Probably be Kelvin Benjamin. Yes. So it's you're yes. kind of like stuck in somewhere in that function, and that would be great. I mean, if they had yeah, a Kelvin great. Benjamin, awesome, great. Yeah, but yeah. That, but but that's that's very high end in terms of where this guy is right now and where he needs to go. He is not close to that right now. And I want to, you know, and this is it's either going to go one or two ways where you know he's going to catch literally everything, 
and everybody's just going to be like, there it is. I told you how he's a genius. And he's the next he's Paul gonna, Turner. Yeah, two touchdowns. He's the next <laughs> Paul Turner. That'll come there. And, and that's it. And that'll be, I'm sold. And then you have to see how like a guy like Nelson Aguilar would respond. Can he get that separation finally? Because I really do. And there's a part of me, too, where you wear the Nelson Aguilar cape, and then you start thinking of all the things you said about Josh Huff. And then they're like, man, that's kind of similar. All he needs to do is just hold on to the ball. Yeah, and but, do but and he's a wrecking ball when he has his hands in and, and all that stuff. So I, I want to see how he responds. Yeah, I will. I will. One counter to that is that the one difference being that that, you know, he was more I know the get back to the pro ready, but he does run. I mean, Josh Huff was was physical ability. He was never polished the same yeah, way they, that, he that needed Aguilar work. was. Yeah. And 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 that's why I'm really not ready to give up on him. But that's what I was about to go. Like, yeah. what 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 do we do with Josh? First of all, do you think he's going to make this team? Yes. Uh, I, me too. And I, like, I think Paul Turner's the next Rashid Bailey, the next Russell Shepard, and and I think this fan base, if Josh and Paul Turner doesn't, this fan base is going to be angry. They are. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it's it's and, and and it's silly. I'm sorry. I mean, like one way or the other, Josh Huff nor you know Paul Turner is not going to end up making or breaking this team or this season. But they're not going to be happy, man. Well, they Matt, aren't. Yeah, Matt and John brought this up on the last episode, and I don't think that you can have – I don't think you could – you know, I mean, uh, Kenyon Barner, if he ends up being a starter, or even, <laughs> Look, e- even if he's – Your voice just cracked out. I actually like, oh, just oh. – This is just the, the, dry, the dryness okay, of so, the so, studio. So it was an this little – Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If Kenyon Barner ends up being – even if he's not a starter, will be – of this offense, at least I think so. I think so too. I and think and the I same agree. with all the run, the three running backs that are there. You're not going to have Ryan Matthews do it, and you're not going to have Sproles back there. So Josh Huff needs to return kicks, which is he's phenomenal at it. Yeah, it's the it's the thing that he does great, <laughs> so right? I mean, if he and, didn't, then then absolutely, Paul Turner's it, your guy. It's a great point too, though, because he is so tantalizing. You know, it's and, and granted, it's only been what like three or four plays yeah. ever in an Eagles uniform. But when you see, and you him, can probably name them yeah, too. Um, of course, the obviously, Dallas returns game? the San Francisco play where he fumbled, but yeah. that was amazing. like the, the burst yeah. that that guy shows and the ability to to yeah. get like between seams and make people miss is is special. Like it is, there is something there. The problem is, I he, a lot of it's on him too. He just seems like a knucklehead, and he's yeah. never going to get better. It, yeah. it, we have not seen him change these things in what now almost three years. Um, and it gets to a point where you you just have to say, all right, it's never going to change. Yeah, but there's and and I don't know who, but who else returned kicks after that? You know, I know, I know that they've I, know, I actually have been paying attention to see who they've been kind of putting back there in replace of, but it has been those guys that are trying to make. And this is where it comes to. I I still think Paul Turner is the first practice squad. That candidate. would be my guess as well. I think he is. I don't think he makes the team. I don't either. Look. Unless again he comes out swinging here and somebody has a really awful game. And I don't know if they would say that. Here's the other thing I want to know with all this because look, it's been on display. Like Ruben Randall's effort has been horrible this entire offseason. And 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 the, not just that his effort has been awful, but that is the knock on the guy. So it's like coming yeah. into a new spot and then living up to the st- the bad stereotype about you makes it even worse in my mind. Because I think there's a there's a great chance if you know DGB does does shine because he can take over Ruben Randall's role easily. I think you could see him. In the slot, where you know, and he could probably play on the outside on three wide receiver sets. There's some fun things that you could do there with Huff and the, Huff in the slot at some point too. But there's, you know, I I think there maybe we're not making the right comparisons here because if Ruben Randall doesn't show you anything, maybe he's the guy to go. They're it, all on one year deals. Yeah, no, it's really interesting, and 
It, I, look, it's a really interesting. If you want to look at stuff for this coaching staff and stuff that's facing them right now, these are some actually pretty big decisions, both in terms of the way that they view them, in terms of the way the fan base will view them. Uh, we'll see how much Doug Peterson, how much weight Peterson puts into what he's seen so far on the field. Or, you know, in a lot of old school NFL type stuff, you know, it's he's a whether a football guy or whether he's a, the name that we brought in or whatever it is. They're usually willing to kind of stick with the guy who they brought in for a reason, even if he hasn't shown as much as the younger guys, which we've seen in the past, you know? Yeah. And and the other thing that I think I'm looking mostly on the offensive side of the ball is this uh, Reich had mentioned that you're about to say Frank Gore there, don't yeah, you? I was. Yeah, I know I, you I, are. I was. It just popped into my head. The truest Gee, this, eagle. Is the, this is the part that, you know, James can actually see <laughs> me now. So, so cool. he knows exactly what my mouth is about to do. It's awesome. But there is a, yeah, I mean, uh, Frank Reich had, had mentioned. How successful that I think he can make this running game. That's basically what he said this week. So, and and I get a little cautious too because, uh, yeah, I still haven't nailed this down. Is it Samulo? Is it how do you? Pre- I, I I believe it's Samalo, but Samalo. Yeah, okay. I remember the pronunciation. Samalo. So Samalo. Uh, the news came today. This as we're recording this on Wednesday night that he does have some uh, pectoral issues, so he's going to be out. And someone's going to owe us some coats, cokes because Wisniewski is going to be taking over that starting <laughs> left guard position, uh, and we'll leave that we'll leave that up in the air for now. And you guys figure that out. So, you know, they have this kind of patched up offensive line that we we're still not sure about, obviously, but it had improved from week one of the preseason, and thank God. And now you're moving on to this. The the running game is really where I want to see. And I, I don't know how much I want to see of Ryan Matthews if he comes out in the first couple of series and they do a really bang-up job and they come right down the, right down the field and, and 10 plays and a field goal, fine, pull him out of there. Like, I'm, I, you know, put that guy on ice. But Can, can he play in bubble wrap? Because that's what I would be, yeah, prefer. Wrap him up like possible. the kid from the I Little mean, Giants. Geez, I, don't, I don't want him anywhere near a preseason game, yeah, personally. Yeah, and I, got, yeah, I don't think got, he should, we, actually. Well, because we've about learned it. with this guy. We that know what he is. We know what he is, and, and we have a finite amount of time because he's going to get hurt. So yeah. why, why waste those snaps? Seriously, <laughs> yeah. why, why waste those bullets, so to speak? But I'm, I'm curious to see how the offensive line kind of responds now in this environment where again that they it's he had said that they're going to do some they're going to do some uh, game planning here so that should make the offense better right yeah you would think so um it has to right in just in basic principle if they have a good offensive line the team offensively will be better but you know Lane Johnson there's so much upheaval there i'm not really going to to uh believe in this offensive line until i see them do it in the regular season multiple times um, especially against a Colts D-line that's that's pretty weak. Yeah. What I think we might be able to really take out of this game is we have seen this defense play really well so far, and obviously two preseason games, and we've seen them go against Landry Jones. We're going to see them go against Andrew yep. Luck. That's a pretty good against test Against Dante Moncrief and, and you know, T.Y. Hilton and legitimate offensive players. I want to see those guys against that offense. I want to see those guys get in and actually have a chance to play against one of the best quarterbacks yes. in football, a significant, especially those. I'm really interested to see Carroll and McKelvin and these guys go up against T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief and Philip Dorsett. Fast, talented guys. That's a real, I think we might be able to actually get a real feel, at least a little bit, what this defense could be like. And again, because of the the other side, and this is why you wouldn't probably, you wouldn't say this in any other preseason game, but you will say this in this one because it is the dress rehearsal. And the Colts' offensive line has, was horrid last year. Bad. And it has been for the last, last couple of years. So that's the other thing that I'm looking for there, too. I want to see that front four absolutely terrorize 
Andrew Luck. Yeah, no, it's interesting. They did, and and you know, I write the offensive line rankings yeah. yes, for yes. Rotowire, so it's kind of my. I have a weirdly. If you have an offensive line yeah, question, and uh, by the way, <laughs> the, uh, James's second episode of this week in fantasy, Twiff, as we like to call it around here, with Sigmund Bloom is phenomenal. <laughs> Not only, but like, so the fantasy advice is already great. But seriously, if you need. Offensive line help from week-to-week matchups. James is your guy. Yeah, go ahead, James. And that's actually pretty funny. Randomly, I I recorded with Sigmund for the next one today, and (laughs) and there was actually randomly a lot of offensive line talk. There you go. And what's going on and all that. Uh, But getting back to it, um, they had a terrible offensive line. I had them ranked the worst offensive line in football last year for most of the season. Um, And they did one thing. They drafted Ryan Kelly in the first round, and he's a really good center and was – uh, you know, and I think Derrick Henry's look better than I expected, but I think Ryan Kelly is a big reason that dude had a lot of success at Alabama. Yeah. Um, but that's it, man. They they didn't do anything else for this line. Anthony Costanzo, their left tackle, is legit left tackle. Uh, and Kelly looks good, but li- they have three spots in the offensive line that are manned by below replacement level players. So there should be a real opportunity for this D-line to, to wreak some havoc. And if they don't, uh, that then I get a little worried because – this is the type of O-line they have to take advantage of. And the second part of that, you know, and, and you're absolutely right, and the second part of this is obviously we already mentioned that Colts have some pretty good wide receivers, and I'm I'm actually really curious to see how Philip Dorsett kind of moves and grows in his second year because that was one kid I was very, very high on coming to the draft last year. Um, and Moncrief, too, adding it. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I, he had like a killer he's, season. Speaking of fantasy, he's one of those guys who's, you know, uh, fifth, sixth round or whatever who could be a, a top ten receiver. I mean, him and Luck, when they played together last year, and T.Y. Hilton is really good, but, you know, they need a guy who he can count on for first downs, for long thirds, and I think Moncrief's going to be that guy. And the Eagles drafted Josh up. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, see, uh, at least we have a new one because the Martavis Bryant one yeah, uh, has been ruined by the suspension, so now we can <laughs> to Dante Moncrief. Then we'll go to John Brown. I mean, we could do it all day. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And there, and therein lies the next biggest battle. Who the hell is playing cornerback? Yeah. Because that, I mean, like, Again, I don't think you can really sell me hard on on any of these guys, and I'm going to. I be, think Nolan Carroll's gonna, a lock. Oh, well, I, I think yeah, yeah, he's absolutely. the guy. But I think after that, those other two spots are couldn't go anywhere. Like you know, I, I know BLG keeps pushing. He loves pushing uh, the McKelvin thing, but I, I just don't see it. Like I I saw what I saw last year. It's, even when they played them last year, the Eagles yep. played Buffalo last year. I just don't see it. Like he's a. He's a, a your CB two high end. I was going to say four. Like, I was going to say four. Yeah, I was like, yeah. he's on a, on a good team. He's the fourth cornerback. He's in dime situations. He's thirty years old, man. I, yeah. like, we've talked about this. I don't need to see Leotis McKelvin play football this year. I just don't, man. Yeah. It's a one year contract or whatever. I mean, like, there's not a long term type of situation here. You're not getting anything for the guy if he performs well. I, it just. I don't need to see Leo. I'd much rather see Eric Rowe and Jalen Mills and, and these kids and see what we have. And, but uh, but uh, there's a there's a coach that'll probably just do what he wants. Yes. Hmm. It's his buddy. Huh. They, they played together. Interesting. Or he coached him before. I feel like we've been through this already. <laughs> before. Never about it. But I'm not quite sure. But yeah, and so there's, therein lies the issue. And I'm with James. Like, I want Eric Rowe to sh- absolutely fucking shine in this game me because too. I'm oh. I that's I just I just want it to be over. I, me too. I, I don't I'm so want tired to think it. that like f- your first and your second round pick from last year is 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 useless. Well, and I also refuse to believe that because I saw Eric Rowe play good football last year yes. in the NFL yeah. against he, he could, it, NFL receivers. Could have been a Folesian type of situation though, who knows? You know, it goes like he had this it, great sure, streak. He sure switched the defense. Be. I feel on like him. it's harder at cornerback though to to kind of fake it in that way. You know, you can either 
say you can't. You can either, you know, understand the route tree and run the routes or you can't. Um, but yeah, no, it, it certainly could be. Look, he might not be a stud or anything, but I certainly think that he, if you look back at the game tape from last year, earned the chance to, no, to, really to play a little bit. And I honestly think that they should. I mean, like, I understand it's a new coach. I honestly think they should have named him a starter. I do from too. The, from from Jump Street, put some faith in this kid. Let him know that what he did last year was was a positive step forward, and that he's a big part of your team moving forward. That's what you do with young kids when you're rebuilding and trying to take that step forward. You need to empower these kids, and and it's been the opposite. I mean, Rose's yeah. confidence has to be shot. I don't know how it wouldn't be. Yeah, I, and maybe we maybe we make too much out of it. And uh, if you think we are, you can just tweet at us at uh, Brandon. Gowton. And uh, that, that's, that's where we're at. All right. Well, uh, with that being said, we want to also just see what you guys are thinking about. We are getting to the Eagles mailbag, as we like to do, and uh, a lot of good questions. We're going to start out with. I'm coming in completely cold, by the oh, way. Yeah, so so, so am I, basically. Oh, I, just, I, love it. I just faved all the questions, so I'm not I'm not exactly sure what's coming in. So get uh, ready for some bad radio. That's maybe. right. Here it, <laughs> here it comes. And starting off, our Sexy Hexy, our good friend, who I uh, always chimes in. How Terrific many name, Super Bowls? Will Dak win this preseason? I think Dak's already won all of them. Maybe right? two or three. I thought he won all the preseason. So I'm going to say if, if you know, I mean, Tony's going to take up most. Well, I don't know. Maybe Tony doesn't take up most of the chunk. That's actually going to be tomorrow night. Actually, Thursday night. So by the time this comes out, uh, it's Seattle, which will be interesting. That's true. It's going to be interesting yeah. with Dallas because so I'd actually like to see D- Dak Prescott go up against the ones in Seattle. Me too. And see, uh, see, kind of test that there. And I think he I will. will. Look, say, they're though, not like, going to put Romo out for more than a, a couple series. Yeah. He doesn't need it. It's silly too. We're going to see Dak against the ones. So I, I honestly think that um, if he somehow puts up good numbers against okay. Seattle, you can. I mean, that that is a dynasty at that point, right? Yeah, Dak Prescott will have five Super Bowl. I rings. think he's already Hall of Famer at that point. <laughs> right. All kidding aside, though, and I know Eagles fans don't want to hear this. I was a big fan of Dak Prescott. Yep. I really was. And, and I didn't think that there was much. I didn't think there was that much room between the quarterbacks this year. I, and Zeke, too. You're going to finally see Zeke. So And, oh, my God. And Lewis Riddick today I know. He said the line. So I, I think he cursed him. And I'm, I'm, I'm just getting ready to take the loss on Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. But he said that he could see 2,000 yards. Jeez. Behind that line. As a rookie. He said Eric Dickerson set the record at 1808. He said I could see him breaking the rookie record. Listen, get to 900 first. First Play play an NFL game first. Let's not get too carried away here. But that's okay because we can call him a bust once he doesn't. That's damn true. We're going to call him a bust every chance we get. But just one thing with the Dak thing, and and again, people don't want to hear it. Granted, preseason, but he's good, man. He's 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 going to be an NFL quarterback. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Lynch, unfortunately... Gonna be, gonna <laughs> probably be. A, I don't know if he, he's gonna be a starter. I don't know if he's gonna be a good quarterback. Has Goff been the so, worst rookie to actually? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing, amazing how that happens. Uh, from our, uh, other Jeff good, Fisher, <laughs> our other good friend uh, Joe Post. I've heard that the Eagles' season is in fact already over. Is that true? It is not officially over as they are actually in first place of the NFC. That is true. That is true. Doug Peterson is uh, actually one of the few coaches in NFL history to have never lost a game. (laughs) But I understand. I understand the frustration, Joe. It's it's hard to hear like, oh, the season's going to be miserable. And the thing about it, it, because whatever, we're just two dudes. It doesn't matter. Like our opinions mean nothing. So if they come out here and, and, and kick ass and take names, I'll gladly look like an asshole. 
I want them to. I, yeah, yeah. I'm I'll praying gladly that they're awesome. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, I was wrong about everything. Go birds. Yes. And that's what I love. Uh, yes. That's what we can First do as fans. First and foremost, all we care about is this team winning. Like that. That's all we ever want. Yes. Uh, going to be uh, Bruin 86 who is founded also a big gamer. By the way, if you're a gamer, at Overwatch Liker. Tweet some things over there every now and again. So you're an Overwatch liker? Yeah, I'm a definitely an Overwatch. It's one of the best games, best games ever. You, Although right? it's dwindling in 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 boredom, but you're still re- worth the pickup. Overwatch you're all uh, on all consoles and PC. Ready for this one? Yeah, I've never even heard of it. <laughs> I'm. Sh- I haven't I'm played shocked. a video game that's not Madden in like 20 years. <laughs> Which also came out, by the way. Did it? Uh, and Ben uh, Natan had a great uh, still shot of. He, he said, "This is a perfect representation of Jack Conklin." playing tackle, and he was just literally frozen, like right there, <laughs> and there was a pass rusher going to sack Marcus Mariota, and it was the funniest thing I saw all day. Uh, but uh, B. Bruin 86 asks a fashion question, why do the Eagles insist on wearing all white throughout every preseason game? It is very bothersome. I hate the white jerseys as totally well. agree. But the midnight green, it's a little hot, absorbs the sun, sure. absorbs the heat. Same with the black ones. Mm-hmm. So I think they go white to keep them Nice and cool. I'm going to go with a who the fuck cares. <laughs> oh, man, one. that is okay. harsh. Sorry about that. No, Be but Bruin, no, I, I do not speak for James Seltzer. <laughs> I am not, not, I don't, do not agree I with that. I am not opinion. a huge white, white unis fan I for what it. it's worth. But. I hate it. Uh, from uh, Nick Massey, must view Eagles game for this season and why? Ooh. Now that is a something. Must see. Do I have to pick one, or can I, I, I just say the one that Carson Wentz starts? <laughs> you man, know, whichever one the first I mean, one that is. That is pretty much it. <laughs> that's in it, a right? Nutshell, I mean, that's a let, good so answer. let's say let's let's take that off the table and say Bradford or Daniel start sixteen games, and okay. for whatever reason Wentz doesn't. What would you go? I'm actually going to say that I think that that week one is absolutely must see, and for a couple of reasons. I think that listen. They, you have you have Cleveland and you have what you traded up for. And what you traded up for is unfortunately probably going to be sitting on the bench. So there's already that there. I, and mostly for me for my overreactions, for James's overreactions, <laughs> yes. for the entire BGN staff's overreactions, for the commenters' overreactions, for every Eagles fan to just flip out if they lose that first game oh, or if they win man. that first game. It's just it's gonna be like one way or the other. Motherfucker, I told you, like you know, like on 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 both sides. So that I think week one for me is is the ultimate must see television. That is best answer. I, I like it. I don't have another. I mean, I guess Washington because of Josh oh, Norman, well, the Josh Norman and, thing, which you didn't really get Kirk into. But Cousins, you know, see yeah. after last year and that the whole thing. But can I just that, say Cleveland's that, a perfect answer. That's great. Yeah. Can I just say to the Josh Norman thing? Like, w- first of all, when has it ever worked out for Washington? I mean. RG3 is about to have oh. uh, hopefully a resurgence in Cleveland, Sadly, which is going to make me laugh my ass off. See, the problem is it's worked out three times in Washington. Three mm-hmm. more than us is the problem. <laughs> oh, well, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. No, but Listen, I know. I'm not under talking Dan, about Joe Gibbs. Under Dan I'm Snyder. talking Dan Snyder. No, I'm with you. But let, so let, I can't wait for him let's to be freaking those, burnt those, by everybody. What did you think of the Norman comments? Because Norman basically came out and said, I can't wait to face Sam Bradford two times a year. My interpretation was, you know, you know, all right, Sam's our whipping boy, yeah. you know, get away. But sure. I kind of agree, I would too. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> wouldn't, it's, it's, wouldn't everybody? Isn't that exactly <laughs> no. what uh, uh, the, the the Bennett brothers said yeah. too? And everybody was just like, "Yeah, you're probably right." Yeah, no, but it is interesting because Norman's must see too, just because yeah. for Cleveland, it comes out and just you know dr- takes a deuce on that entire field and says, "What's up?" Uh, and then, and John then, Barchard's running naked through oh the streets celebrating you, you his stand. I'll, I'll be on I, <laughs> breathing fire, just like 
Simmons to Embiid, I'll be breathing fire. Yes, but one last Norman point. I yes. do, um, I, I do kind of like it though. In general, I like having a guy who's willing to just talk shit to everybody. I mean, the Beckham thing. He said they've got a hit out on Beckham. I mean, this yeah. guy doesn't give a crap. You no, know what I mean? No. So I, I look, I don't like that he's ripping my team, but at the same time, I, I kind of respect that this dude just doesn't give a shit and will say whatever. Oh yeah, he yeah. Wants. but like, you know, I just remember that that game that uh, against the the Panthers and Giants last year. Yeah. I mean, he got, got burnt, he got burnt a couple of times, and it was OBJ's fault that he didn't bring it down. Oh yeah, oh no question, yeah. <laughs> that was it. I mean, he had him, he had him a toasty, toasty a couple of times there. So I want to see that two times a year. I'm more interested in that Me than too. I am uh, kind of anything else. Hey, hey Matt Gumbrecht to checking in. Two questions back to back. Oh uh, well, one of them is the Gordon thing. So we already kind of covered that. But yeah, Matt, ask your questions that you know we won't talk about early. Yeah, jerk. Uh, what is going on with Lane Johnson? Is it normal to have a B sample test? I saw that question earlier on my Twitter feed. It's a good question. And I was I meant to bring that up too, and I did not. So I'm glad that that question was circled it on your page. Circled it on the page (laughs) and cross that off. I think that's really weird. Me too. I've I've been wondering the same thing because what the hell is it taking so long? I don't know because usually these things happen and and it's it's quick. You know, it's like he's appealing, he's not appealing. Oh, you know, a couple days later, a week later, all right, he lost his appeal. It's over. This is taking a very long time since the time this news came out. And the fact that that you know we haven't heard anything else about it is really interesting. I look, I I still think he's going to get the ten game suspension just because history says he will. But uh, <laughs> let's put it this way: the longer it goes, the the more I question whether he'll actually get suspended. Yeah, and I, and if and if anything, I wonder if there's like like Jeff Lurie is just like, come on, guys, come on, please. <laughs> Not ten games, all right. Just get, uh, like I have to sell tickets this year. I had Chip Kelly here last yeah, year. Give me I mean, something. Can we get it down to five? <laughs> That's all I'm asking for. We can live on five. I talked to Doug. He said, "Uh huh." And, and they just and they that's all I need. Just get me down to five. Just get whoever whoever works for Levy and Bell. Get him, and he seems to always get his suspensions reduced. This is like the second straight time. Uh, this is uh, from uh, Jaden underscore Sexton. You know, Smith has been getting some praise, but seems to be helped by uh, by the pressure of means that he initiates. Is is Smith really going to make the roster over him? Uh, so he's basically, basically thinks that Marcus Smith versus Stephen Means is what he's saying for the most part. Nate but he's Means saying that that Marcus Smith has shown something, but it has been while Stephen Means has been in the ball game as uh, well. So uh, is, is that kind of is it a Connor Barwin type of thing? Is that's what it's what I would say? Well, I mean, it, Stephen Means makes everyone better. That's really the way I look at it. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> no. Who knows? Marcus Smith stinks. I think he'll make the team though. I don't. Really? I honestly don't Ooh. think. I think they'll keep an abundance of something else and cut. Interesting. Even though that they need. The pressure. I, I just don't. I, See, I have no idea how Jim Schwartz looks at Market Smith and go, "That's a guy I want." Agreed. I, I just don't see it. I don't either. But I think it. I think this might be a case. And and I think look, very interesting to kind of round it back to what you opened the show with. Um, I think it'll it'll show us kind of Schwartz's power because I don't think how he wants to get rid of Market Smith yet. I don't think Laurie wants to. Optically, it's not the best when you get rid of a first round pick two no. years in when he when he doesn't do anything. A and B was you know, claims that he was in a defense with a guy who didn't like him and all that kind of stuff or, or wasn't willing to give him a chance. And Chip, um, I, I really, I would be very surprised if they cut him, I will. All right, we'll go to uh, uh, Willing to Go Ham. What's up, buddy? Thanks for chiming in again. What will the linebacker rotation look like with Tullock in the mix? Does this uh, kick out to Hank? Just I think we kind of already answered that anyway. I'm exactly not really sure yet. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's the- th- this game is is going to tell us maybe a little something. I don't, and they, even, they didn't say Tullock was going to play. 
I don't right. know. They didn't. But he, I mean, he he was practicing, so maybe he would. But probably gets some of some sea legs. Here's the interesting other thing that we haven't really talked about at all. Uh, Ron Brooks is still on trial, right? Like, I mean, that thing's still happening. I, uh, yeah, I uh, think it's so. kind of interesting that that not interesting. Not Ron Brooks, uh, Bradham, right? Bradham, excuse yeah, yeah, me, not yeah. Ron Brooks. Excuse Ron Brooks, geez. obviously. Bradham, excuse me. We're talking about linebackers, and I'm talking about Ron. <laughs> they got so many former Bills in here. Uh, I, know, I can't I keep them like, straight. Um, but he's, you know that's that's still kind of ongoing. So I don't know. Maybe they they are a little more worried about that than they. Yeah, so, that's a that's like a good point. I don't think anybody's kind of brought that up this week. So we'll have to kind of see that happen. At all, really. uh, the West got chiming in saying, "I'm uh, a little worried that if Wentz plays with a bad old line, he's going to pick up a lot of bad habits. His development will be studied. Am I right? I think you're partially right. Mm-hmm. I think that as as everybody wants to point to David Carr, David Carr <laughs> and is, always will and always will. David Carr is already bad. All right. Ooh, I think that's I think, an interesting uh, take. I, I think that's kind of where it's at. David Carr was always going to be bad. Derek Carr, his brother, always going to be good. <laughs> that's a difference. I think that's a difference in between there. So that's no, what, but, but but I mean, yeah, there are some times where because yeah. well, and I, I just think about that. Think about all the guys that had bad offensive lines. Andrew Luck has had bad offensive lines. Has it affected his game in a situation? No. A, a little bit, yeah, maybe, but not. Not. I, I think it's but a really. He's in, had to adapt to it. It's and a really throw interesting a bunch of interceptions question. at the same time. Yeah, you know, I think. I think it. it does make it look. It makes a difference. Just yeah, in the, without a doubt. With you know, keeping your eyes up, looking downfield, you don't want to develop habits where you're not doing that type of stuff because you're worried people are coming at you. Uh, having said that, Wentz, of I, all the, if we're just looking at Wentz, he seems like the kind of kid who is kind of, you know, he's going to be moving. He's going to be, you know, using his speed, using his physicality. He's a big kid. I don't think it's going to be the same type of thing as if, you know, it's it's a, a six-foot, six-one guy who's standing in the pocket trying to sling it all the time, getting pummeled. Yeah. You know, Wentz can, can get away from stuff. The point is Wentz isn't necessarily – bad O-line will suck, but Wentz can make up for some of that with his ability to elude. You know what? I'm, I'm just thinking of something here. I think Timothy is right. Because, and I'll say it with this, because Wentz's mechanics are n- not solid. Yeah. Look, it all comes down to so coaching I, in I, the end anyway. I, I think that it would be a problem because he'll he'll never try and fix those things in that, that fair eye. So, yeah, fair Timmy, point. I think you are right, specifically with Wentz. Overall, you're either good or you're bad. I think it goes both ways. Yes, I think you're either good or you're bad, and I think you're absolutely right about that. But uh, it's a very intelligent question. And, yeah, and it's it a great does, question. It's, a good, it's second-level thinking there, and I, I like that, and I think it will play a role. Um, but at the same time, I'm not that worried about it. I'm more worried about them teaching Wentz what to do correctly. I'm, I'm worried about their ability to coach him correctly and coach him up more than I more worried than I am about the O line breaking down and that kind of stunting his growth. Final two questions back to back coming from uh, Trackside Boy. Um, and trackside this boy, this, this you gotta one, say it like that. Trackside tra- boy, there it is. Thank you. Oh man, let's never do that again. Boy? Not, not from this. No. Not from this guy. That right near awful. the beach. Uh, right boy. near the beach. What's Sam's trade value? A fourth question mark? Uh, I would say, as of right now, that's probably the highest you could probably suck. I would. I would say nothing right now. I mean, who's trading for a quarterback right now? I, unless there's a major injury over the next couple of weeks for a team that's a contender. Yeah. You know, because uh, look, Denver's not trading for Sam Bradford. Uh, what other teams out there are are competitive enough that it would make sense that they need a quarterback to go? Pay something for Sam Bradford. Let's play, phrase it another way then. He plays the same he played last year. What's his trade value? That's a much better question uh, because at the end of the season, it is a different story. Yeah. I think it's somewhere in that region. Look, Still we just saw it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a fourth. You're hoping for a fourth. I think it's a combo. I think it ends up being a combo 5-7, something like that with a bunch of different structures and 
all that other stuff. Okay, uh, should I get in the second follow-up, should I get a Dawkins jersey or pick somebody from the 53-man roster? Look, Dawkins. Uh, no. Uh, if you're not buying a Fletcher Cox jersey by now. Or Wentz. You could go Wentz. I would never buy a Wentz jersey right now. Are you kidding me? You just put the jinx on. That's like Kevin Cobb uh, all over again. Yeah, I get, you know what? That's fair. I uh, See, you're talking to someone who has one jersey. I'm not a jersey guy. I have a Donovan McNabb jersey from 20 years ago. Yeah. I have no other jer- Eagles jerseys. None. I have, you, I have jerseys from when I was a kid. I have like a Deion Sanders Falcons jersey. I got jerseys, <laughs> but I have I've not bought a jersey in 20 years. Yeah, uh, and I, I think the last the last one I purchased was a Macklin jersey. Uh, I never bought a Deshaun one for some reason. Probably because I was trying to be cool and different and hipster. So nobody had like Macklin a jersey, right? I think my rule is I think you should, if it's like a Mitchell and Ness style, you should definitely buy a throwback of some sort. Absolutely. Like have, have an iconic one in Reggie, your, in your Daw- closet. one of those. I, 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 that I yeah. agree with. I, you know. And then you just got to get ballsy a little bit and just go, all right, I think Fletch is going to be the guy. And I think, you know, don't pick, don't pick the. The really, like, I have no idea if this is going to work out. Like, if you went and bought a Nelson Algalore jersey, that's on you. Or a DGB, <laughs> that's on you. I think it would be, like, a, a good bet for me to lay down some money. Jordan Matthews jersey. Absolutely. Like, that's. I think that's more on the safer bet. Still a little bit of a risk, but still, like, you know, sometimes you just got to kind of go for it. Yeah, and, and look, I'm I'm personally a fan of the offbeat jerseys. I think yeah. that's fun. You know, my buddy still has a Michael Zordich jersey. Yeah, it's yeah, the it's only great. one he ever wears, and I think that stuff is great. So, you know, if you can find someone who's going to be on the team for a little while but kind of be a little obscure, like if you had a Brent Selig jersey 15 years ago or 10 years ago, <laughs> yeah, who knew exactly. how, how much use you'd get out of it. Um, so can, can I just say, though, there, at every single Eagles game, and it happened again during the first pre against Tampa, someone is always wearing a freaking James Thrash jersey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is the deal with it's the James Thrash, Thrash jerseys? I don't know. It's it's a really great question. Change it. Yes. Burn that jersey. To get a tarn small jersey for Jeez, Christ's oh, sake. Man. Jeez. Uh, well, we appreciate all you every single week. And, of course, we are happy to kind of get going here. Reiner, again, like we're, we're going to be probably starting by week one, Saturday, 6 to 8. And then me and James will be, it'll be non-BGN radio, but we'll still be on the air kind of continuing for the next two hours yeah, after buddy. that. So it'll be uh, a lot More of fun. football talk, obviously. Yeah, so we'll, fun. we'll be talking Eagles, which yeah, won't yeah. be saying BGN radio. But when the Sixers season comes around, we might be able to sneak some stuff in there. So That's, that's the that's, jersey that's, again. Get a Ben Simmons jersey. <laughs> we'll be fine. Do it right now. Um, so, it, yeah, and of course, be uh, paying attention and go to BGNradio.com as we have lots of new shows. Obviously, James Seltzer and the uh, This Week in Fantasy has just landed so you can go check out that a really interesting discussions going on back and forth there no phones radio will be working and uh, mm-hmm. uh and uh james is gonna edit that for me right oh that was the thing <laughs> so so inside baseball yet again john's like john's like i'm gonna i need you to do something for me he's like you know what i'm just gonna wait and ask you yeah. on the air <laughs> so that should be coming at i'll at, do it Johnny. at, at uh, some it. point i appreciate you got it, it buddy the thing is uh even though i moved i i just like i don't even realize like oh yeah I probably need to get a laptop now because all my stuff is not where it's with, it's supposed to be with me. So this is called being unprepared. Very unprepared. Yes, we got to figure out these kinks. Luckily, but- of me to pick up your slack, like <laughs> yes, always. Yeah. So. and of course, uh, Ben Deton, uh the Ginger Genuine Draft Show is going to drop sometime after the Eagles game. We'll do post game. We'll do all that good stuff. I will be on the air Thursday, ten to two a.m. with Glenn Macnow and the boys. Saturday for uh, starting at five thirty up until kickoff, and then a little short segment Sunday night. 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. right here on 94 WIP. That's going to do it for episode number 182 right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. Okay.
Fart. McKelvin. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.